You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily Penn State Nittany Lions podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Nittany Lions. I'm your host, Stephen Pianovich. It is Friday, October 5th. Penn State's on a bye week this week, so no game tomorrow for the Nittany Lions. They will be back in action Next Saturday, the 13th, homecoming against Michigan State at Beaver Stadium, 3.30 game next week. Uh, But we still have plenty to talk about on today's show, even without a game. Uh, We're going to get into one of the biggest pieces of news for Penn State this last weekend that did not have to explicitly do with football. Uh, That is an incident at the Penn State tailgate fields on Saturday before the game where uh, Pennsylvania state troopers flew a helicopter very low to the ground to, in an effort to break up a tailgate. They sent some tents flying. Uh, I know a lot of people have seen the videos by now. They've made some national news uh, for what, uh, for, for how the police handled the situation and in order to break up this big student tailgate. So uh, we're going to talk to Anthony Colucci. He is a writer and social media editor at Onward State. He's been covering this story all week. So he's going to give us some details about that story, kind of to get you up to speed if you haven't seen some of the videos or been reading or hearing about it too much, because it was a, it was, it, I mean, it was a big deal. It was a, it was a very unique and an odd event. Did not seem like the uh, the best way to handle the situation. So we will, uh, we'll, we'll talk to Anthony a little, in a little bit kind of right at the start of the show to talk about that. Then we will also turn our focus back to football. In the second segment, we're going to have a a flashback Friday thing here where we're going to look back at a big game from Penn State's past. It is the 2016 game against Minnesota. That game, uh, I really, really think people sometimes overlook the value of that win. But that happened on this week two years ago. So we'll take a look back at that. And then in our last segment we will have uh, the bi-week rooting guide for Penn State. Nittany Lions aren't in action, but there are some games that could affect Penn State's season on the docket. A couple big ones, too. So big Saturday for college football, even without Penn State playing. We'll get into that in our last segment. Quickly, before we get to our interview about the helicopter incident, some quick housekeeping stuff. If you want to get in touch with the show, we really appreciate all the comments and feedback we've received so far. You can tweet at us at Locked On Nittany. You can also email us. It's Locked On Nittany Lions at gmail.com. You can follow and tweet at me at Spianovich on Twitter. And you can also subscribe to the show, like us, download us and to make sure you don't miss any episodes. Locked On Nittany Lions can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. So now here is our interview with Anthony Colucci of Onward State. He's going to help us understand uh, the Penn State tailgate helicopter situation that happened on Saturday. All right. I'm happy to be joined now by Anthony Colucci. He is a writer and uh, the social media editor at Onward State. He's been on top of this helicopter, police helicopter at the tailgate story since it happened. Uh, the news really broke on, on Sunday. So, Anthony, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, just for people who 
maybe haven't seen some of the videos or haven't been following the story too closely, could you just kind of describe what happened on uh, Saturday? Yeah, thanks for having me today, Stephen. So um, on Saturday afternoon, there was a police helicopter by one of the tailgate lots outside Beaver Stadium. And um, there's like a lot of differing accounts of what actually happened during Saturday, but from what seems to be most consistent was that it was the senior tailgate lots, which is a lot of the members of the Greek community, um, mm-hmm. like kind of get together and have a big tailgate before the games. And um, it seemed like that the cops had said something to them earlier in the day about, uh, I guess that they were just going to keep an eye on them and that the, it's like a, it's like a tailgate that's known to be rowdy. And the one witness we spoke to on Sunday said that the cops said something like eight thirty in the morning and then never came back for the rest of the day until, um, a bunch of the officers on horseback and, um, just walked in. If they said, I think they said there was eight on horseback and like 15 to 20 other officers, they came in and were trying to break up the party. Um, and then when there was like pushback from the tailgate, then that's when the helicopter came in to, um, kind of to, with the intention of dispersing the crowd, not, um, just by, by giving, just by giving commands. But, um, apparently then the, the helicopter flew too close to the ground that, um, it started picking up, um, tents, lifting it out of the ground, throwing it around in the air. So it created like a really, really crazy scene with stuff flying all over the place, um, some people have reported some damage, minor injuries, like scratches and stuff. But um, there's definitely like a really weird thing that happened. But um, the state police said that it was once they realized that they're flying at an altitude low enough to pick up the debris and really cause like a, like a disturbance and danger, then they decided, then they realized they had to go up higher. So they did that pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. So was there, did anything happen that that you could tell that that made the police presence so heavy was there was there an incident or did were, were other tailgaters calling this in or something it was what was the reason that the police presence became so heavy there um i'm not exactly sure what like what actually happened um from the people i've talked to and seen posting on social media it's there's a lot of people saying that they weren't doing anything wrong it wasn't anything out of mm-hmm. the ordinary for a tailgate but i've also seen other users tweeting that that they were reporting people from the tailgate were taking, were coming over, stealing their beer, like sitting on their uh, cars. So I'm not exactly sure what happened, mm-hmm. but um, the one thing that the police have um, reported this week was that there was um, someone's being charged with assaulting a uh, police animal. Apparently, one of the students hit like hit a horse that came when they came <laughs> in on horseback. So I think that might be what prompted the additional intervention because they said that it was um, that they really weren't able to contain the crowd just on the ground alone. So they brought on the helicopter to kind of give orders. Mm-hmm. And you've seen, uh, you've gotten a lot of video and, and aggregated all, you sh- if you haven't seen it, you should check out these articles on Onward State that have, have all these videos of different people's perspective from there. Uh, have you been able to talk to some people that were there and what have they said about what it was like in the moment when that helicopter was only maybe 40 or 50 feet above them. Yeah. Um, and from the people we've talked to, I mean, it's like they're hearing their reactions has been really, um, really like interesting just because like it came out of nowhere. And I, I don't think anybody ever thinks that like, or expects that a helicopter is going to come in and start like trying to disperse a crowd. Um, the one witness we spoke to on Sunday, um, you know, he described the scene pretty candidly. And um, I mean, I remember he, the one thing that like really stood out was he said, that is just so fortunate that this wasn't 
like a major tragedy if like something had happened with the helicopter because mind you there's horses like in this tailgate lot too that has right. however many people like whether the horses got scared and um like started going crazy if, if the helicopter malfunctioned like just with the amount of people that there were um that was actually really interesting to hear him say that and just kind of get that perspective but i mean if you watch some of the videos it's like mixed reactions of people like yelling out of fear but then also people just were like chanting at the police like just drinking and like at the helicopter so it's kind of interesting to see the different way people react to situations i guess also depending on what um state they're in <laughs> yeah how, much right, how long they were there yeah <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, and um, so just to clarify, this was this was not Penn State police. This is I know they bring in sometimes. I think it's Pennsylvania State troopers who mm-hmm. come up for crowd control during this. That's whose helicopter it was, and that's who was on horseback. Yeah, that was the state police. Um, Penn State police, I guess, called them in for backup, and um, mm-hmm. the state police now they're not going to be using the helicopters for crowd control for the time being while they investigate the situation. But um, they said they're still going to be using helicopters for stuff like traffic. Mm-hmm. So if you see yeah, a helicopter, well, then that's like I, I know like everybody hears like oh they're done with the helicopters, but they're still going to use them for other purposes apparently. Yeah. So they um, have they said much else about it or, or the reasoning for it other than they were I think they said they tried to they were trying to get a message to the crowd though I I couldn't imagine yeah. it's easy to hear if a helicopter is that close. Yeah. Um, so the first statement from Penn State Police on Monday said that they brought the helicopters in with the intention of dispersing the crowd. And then the state police said later in the day that it was they were brought they were in there to give orders. So I guess they were clarifying on what Penn State Police meant by that. And then they reiterated that it was um, once they realized that they were too low, that it was going to cause some problems. That's when they went up right away. So um, I know I could like it might seem like right away that it was let's let they were trying to just fly the helicopter really low and like break it up. But, um, doesn't seem like that was what they were going for or what they're saying. Mm-hmm. And they haven't announced any punishment for people who were flying the helicopter or ordered the helicopter in or any, or suspensions or anything like that. Um, no, they haven't announced any of that yet. The federal aviation, federal aviation administration is doing an investigation right now. Um, I'm not sure how long, that is going to take but um i guess like we'll just wait and see what happens and what they find mm-hmm. and uh as far as the students go it seems there weren't any charges or arrests made other than the the student who punched a horse yeah it was just that that one student and then um i think then there was also some um they like confiscated some alcohol um i can get like the exact numbers for you but it was mm-hmm. like a few handles a few cases of beer and then some money right. for um charging yeah. the drink they just basically broke up the tailgate more or less. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I, I guess the, just the last thing is have, I'm just speaking as myself as a Penn Stater. I, I have never seen anything like this or heard mm-hmm. about anything like this. Have, have you, or, or how are students reacting in it and have, have, this seems pretty unprecedented. How, how, how are students reacting on campus? Um, so what I saw was, um, like I haven't really talked to too many people on campus on it. At least they're from mm-hmm. like, I've just talked to some people from Onward state, but um, from the people I've talked to, they just seem like really just like in disbelief that that's like the measure that was taken. Um, mm-hmm. What I, I saw somebody commenting on Facebook that they thought this had happened one other time, like I think 10 years ago, maybe um, I'm mm-hmm. not sure. 
about that. I haven't looked into it, but um, it's definitely like at, like an it's definitely out of the ordinary for um, this type of intervention. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, Anthony Colucci from Onward State. You can find him on Twitter at underscore Anthony Colucci. Thank you so much for joining us and uh, explaining this weird piece of uh, newsworthy <laughs> stuff coming out of Happy Valley. Yeah, thank you, Stephen. If you're looking for Penn State tickets this season or looking for tickets for any sporting event or concert, you have to check out Vivid Seats. With Vivid Seats, you can attend the concert, show, or sporting event of your choice at a great price. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all the live events you want to go to. You can sort by price or look for seats in the section and row of your choice. To make things even better, Locked On Nittany Lions listeners are getting an exclusive promo code with Vivid Seats. New customers can receive $20 off orders of $200 or more by using the promo code Locked On. So go to the App Store or Google Play, download the Vivid Seats app, and then use the promo code Locked On, that's L O C K E D O N, and get $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer with Vivid Seats. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater and more, Vivid Seats has it all. So download the app today, enter the promo code Locked On, and get $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event. Welcome back to Locked On Nittany Lions. I'm your host, Stephen Pianovich. We are doing a new segment today. It's a flashback Friday. We're going to look back at a big game in Penn State's history. We might do this in the future. Let me know if you like it or not. Uh, it'll probably be kind of coordinate with the calendar because uh, this week we are looking at a game from the first week in October of 2016. We are looking at Penn State, Minnesota, October 1st, 2016. This game, this game's been talked about before. I've talked about this game before. But this game is hugely important to where Penn State is now. Uh, it's hugely important to where Penn State was that season and where they are at this point in 2018. Um because of, I mean, it was it was the turning point. You can look at the Ohio State game as the turning point, but I don't think there's an Ohio State win without this game in 2016. So to take you back there, two years ago, 104 weeks ago, it's James Franklin's third season. Going into this game, they're fresh off a drubbing at Michigan. James Franklin is 16-14 at Penn State. He is 6-11 in the Big Ten. 6-11 in the Big Ten. They hadn't won a Big Ten game at this point since Halloween of 2015. So it was almost, I mean, it was 11 months without a Big Ten win. And the only teams, the only Big Ten teams that James Franklin had beaten at that point to get those six wins were Rutgers and Indiana twice, and then wins against Maryland and Illinois. So that's, it ain't great. It is not, was not pretty, is not pretty. It was a tough start. And then this game, so Penn State's 2-2 two and two on the season. Joe Moorhead's the new offensive coordinator. His offense only scored 10 points last week against Michigan. You come into this game, it is, I, I was at this game. Oh, man, it was a brutal day. It was 3.30 game. 
cold, rainy, windy, ugly, ugly Saturday in State College. Penn State scores three points in the first half. They're losing 13-3. to It had the chance to be to be incredibly miserable. Like it that game could have turned into a 10-20 point loss to an average at best Minnesota team. And it would have been there would have, the James Franklin's job security would have been the conversation of every they almost everything would have centered around that going forward if they lose that game. But then Penn State scores 17 unanswered points in the third quarter. Irv Charles has an 80-yard touchdown. McSorley ran one in. They take the lead. They give the lead back in the fourth quarter, and they actually are down. Minnesota kicks a go-ahead field goal of 54 seconds left. So again, you're like, oh, man, this is going to be just another brutal loss. James Franklin is not the right guy for this team. They can't beat anyone in this conference. He's basically 500 now in two and a half seasons. What are we doing? Then they get the ball back. Trace McSorley has a few completions and then he gets a huge 26-yard run on a third down. Tyler Davis, their kicker, hits a 40-yard field goal. They go into overtime. Saquon Barkley scores a walk-off touchdown. And bam, this team doesn't lose again until they're in the Rose Bowl. And it's it's insane. It is the turnaround from that point was was crazy. It went the narrative flipped. I mean, I, I don't know a major college football team that has that kind of that has had that quick of a turnaround in such a short amount of time but and just to think that that was two years ago this day I mean this is after it but 104 weeks ago 105 weeks ago Penn State is so far removed from where it is now and to think that in the two years between October 1st 2016 and October 1st 2018 that Penn State won a Big Ten championship went to two New Year's six New Year's six bowl games hosted college game day twice and has been a force on the recruiting trail is is crazy. It is it, it's wild, and it's such a huge leap. So Penn State needs to take another leap, like James Franklin mentioned it last week, and it's not as big as the one they've already made in his tenure here. But they have to make a smaller one to get from where he says great to elite, which I agree with. And it might unfortunately take a little bit more time. Like I, I don't know if it. Because that, I mean, they basically went from middling Big Ten team with a coach on the hot seat to Big Ten champion in two months. This team, you might not go from great to elite. They might go 10-2 to two again this season, and it might you have to wait till next year to go from great to elite. So it might take a little more time, but I really hope that does not discredit the jump that they've made in the last two years because... When you think about that Minnesota game and where things could have been and were going into that game, it's very impressive where Penn State is now. So a little bit of perspective after losing to Ohio State, and it's always fun to look back at a win like that that you might not think about, might not be the first game you think about when you think about where Penn State has gotten in the last two years. But in my opinion, Penn State isn't where it is today without beating Minnesota in 2016. All right, so that's our first edition of Flashback Friday. Let me know if you like that. We can do that segment again throughout the season and, and on this podcast because it is fun to look back at some of these games over the years. All right, we need to step away for another quick break, but when we come back, we'll have our Penn State bi-week rooting guide. Stay with us here on Locked On Nittany Lines.
Welcome back to Locked On Nittany Lions. We're closing out our Friday show today with, uh, we usually do the Know Your Foe segment here. There is no foe, unfortunately, for Penn State this week, or maybe fortunately, as they get healthier and recover from Ohio State loss last week. Either way, no Know Your Foe segment, but we do have a once a season edition of the bi-week rooting guide. Yes, Penn State, it's it's October. It's too early to look at the college football playoff picture. Just kidding. No, it's not. Always want to root for teams above Penn State to lose now that the Nittany Lions have a loss next to their name. And there's some good chances that some top, top 10 teams could go down this weekend. Here are the three biggest games that I think Penn State fans should be have a rooting interest in. It also lines up to make for a nice Saturday. If you're just on your couch uh, and you want to watch college football anyway, these are three games across the whole day. We got a noon game, we got a 3.30, we got an 8 o'clock. So it covers your whole Saturday of who to root for in three big games. Let's start at noon. Texas, Oklahoma. Let's hook them horns, baby. Uh, Oklahoma is undefeated right now. They are a 7.5 point favorite in this game, but neutral site, the Cotton Bowl. Texas can certainly, certainly win. Texas is, is back in the top 20 after winning four straight games. They started their season with a loss to Maryland. Uh, ESPN's FPI is giving Texas a 26.7% chance to win. Not bad. One out of four, pretty good, all things considered. Uh, Texas kept this game close last year when, when Oklahoma had Baker Mayfield. And, uh, you know, if, if Texas or Oklahoma State or someone like that can somehow win the Big 12 with two losses. Oh boy, that would be that would be the best case scenario for Penn State. So Oklahoma getting a loss would be huge for Penn State. So root for those Longhorns at noon. That game's on Fox. 3.30 time slot. We got Florida and LSU down in the swamp. You can see this could be a fun day for hand gestures too. You can do the hook and horn symbol and then you can do the, the chomp chomp there at 3.30. LSU is a two and a half point road favorite. This game's at 3.30 on CBS in Gainesville. But Florida, according to ESPN's FPI, has a 58.4% chance to win. So looking good for the Gators there. This one probably doesn't matter as much as the Texas one or the next game we're going to get into. But still, if LSU drops this game, do they drop behind Penn State? Does Florida jump Penn State? Florida does have a loss to still undefeated Kentucky, but would they jump Penn State in that case? Maybe. You never know, but it would be good for them to have a loss. So maybe LSU gets a loss, but they beat Auburn and and maybe LSU gives Alabama a game. Who knows? It wouldn't be bad for, for the Tigers to lose there. Uh, and then the last one, prime time, the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame visiting Virginia Tech. Got to root hard for the Hokies. This is the most important one, I think, for Penn State on, on Saturday night. Notre Dame is undefeated in the top five. They have two very good wins against Michigan and against Stanford. Both came at home. <sighs> and their season, I mean, Oklahoma, excuse me, Notre Dame's schedule gets pretty easy after this week. Uh, they, I mean, they, they play at Northwestern and at USC in the final couple weeks, but there's games against Pitt, games against Syracuse in there. It doesn't really look like there's a ton of chances for the Irish to slip up. Uh, so if the Hokies, who are back in the top 25, did lose to Old Dominion a couple weeks ago. But if the Hokies can pull this one out at home in prime time, that would be big for Penn State. 
that would uh, certainly help their cause and and maybe be the reason that Notre Dame ultimately misses out on a playoff berth. Uh, Hokies have a 35.4% chance to win, so a little better than one out of three. Odds is what the ESPN FPI is saying. Notre Dame is a six and a half point favorite down there in Blacksburg. Again, that game is at eight on ABC. So plenty of Penn State's not playing, but plenty of teams to root for to help the the chaos start already when you're trying to think of the college football playoff picture that Penn State could potentially still be involved in with one loss. So still a very nice week of college football there. Don't have to worry. Sometimes it's kind of nice to not have to worry about Penn State playing and, and getting anxious or, and about that game. I, I did kind of enjoy it a couple weeks ago when they played the Illinois Friday night game. Is Yeah, Saturday, you just turn a game on in the background, and if it's close, I'll maybe tune in. If it's not, just let, let it go, you know, and, and just have a have a nice Saturday. So there are some teams to root for. We will be back next week telling you about Penn State, Michigan State. We'll get you ready for that game. We're going to dive into some uh, – some stuff about James Franklin, too. I meant to get to it this week. It just didn't work out. Uh, but we're going to talk about James Franklin and how he's defining his legacy and what this moment and this season can mean for him and his tenure at Penn State. Uh, we'll get into that. A lot of Michigan State talk next week. So make sure you tune into the show then. You can find Locked On Nittany Lines on iTunes, on Stitcher. We're now on Spotify. Wherever you get your podcast. please subscribe to the show so you don't miss any new episodes. And also leave us a rating and review. We really appreciate that. So that will do it for today's episode. Enjoy your weekend and we'll talk to you next week.